This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? Miss Adams, you certainly had a very interesting educational journey. Eight schools in five years. You will love Nevermore. It's a magical place. I met your mother. The fun of love. Finally, you will be among peers who understand you. Maybe you'll even make some friends. Want to take a stab at being social? I do like stabbing. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And we are excited today to be reviewing a TV show that has, what is it? Is it surpassed Stranger Things season four viewership numbers? It's been kind of a big hit. Uh, we're talking about Netflix's Wednesday. I've been so excited about the show while simultaneously kind of being worried that I was going to hate it uh, because to my mind, nothing can top both the animated series as well as the 90s movies, right, with Christina Ricci. Um, I have to say, um, I was really pleasantly surprised. I decided to go in with very low expectations. Um, I came close to loving the show. Um, there are things about it that I think ultimately maybe are flaws, but in the end, I still would highly recommend it, if, especially if you love the Adams Family. Yeah, I was going to say that it, it's getting so difficult to predict what's going to be a hit and what's going to bomb, right? especially on streaming services. Um, like I didn't think a show about Wednesday Adams was going to do the kind of numbers that it's doing. And like you said, it, I think it surpassed Stranger Things. Uh, the viewership is ridiculous. It's doing bonkers numbers. Like people love, love, love the show. Um, it's being memed like crazy. Um, I personally ended up really, really enjoying it. Um, I don't know how much I'm going to remember of the show in a couple of months or maybe even a couple of weeks. I don't know if I care about the show that much. But I will say, though, that I will 100% remember Wednesday Adams, the character, mm. by the time season two comes out. Like, she is easily one of my favorite characters on Netflix. I know she's not a Netflix original, but she's one of my favorite characters on that platform because she is amazing on the show like I don't think the show works if she doesn't do the Wednesday things that she is doing played by Jenna Ortega who is amazing mm -hmm. I think that without her you're right so I this is the part where I usually do the story breakdown but it, it does feel as if that's kind of superfluous um, so the, the story starts with Wednesday being sent to the boarding school where her parents met where she's a legacy student um, nevermore Obviously, very there's Edgar Allan Poe references abound. Anyway, so she's sent there, um, where she discovers that there is a there are subplots involving family histories, murders, a monster, a prophecy, and her being at the center of it, and she has to untangle all of it. That is by far to me the least interesting part of the whole show, and it's why I, I'm not particularly invested in recounting the story because really. I just love the world of the show. So I, I enjoyed the show a lot, although I think that the first half is stronger than the second. And I think that 
I would be happy to just watch Wednesday doing Wednesday things around Nevermore, like hurting people, <laughs> avoiding people, like hanging out with things, just, you know, doing stuff, as opposed to watching her hunt down a monster. Okay, we have to talk about thing later at some point. Uh, but I, I agree with the both of you. Um, Irvin, you said that you would remember Wednesday, but not necessarily the show. And I think that's for good reason. The story is, as Lynn said, really kind of just tangential to the vibe of what we're watching and to Wednesday herself. And Wednesday is awesome. Um, I think also there are a lot of interesting characters that pop up, not again necessarily to do with the story. Um, most of the characters that the story revolves around are also equally forgettable, but they introduce a couple of characters that I thought were really great. The uh, principal for the school, for instance, played by Gwendolyn Christie, um, a potential new friend for Wednesday, um, Enid, whom I love. Um, and of course, then there are Morticia and Gomez. They're played by uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Luis Guzman, whom we can talk about a bit later. We need to discuss that a bit. Yeah, I think but, so. <laughs> but I think that the reason I bring all of this up is I remember those things a lot more than I really remember the story. I remember the way the show looked and felt or, or the times at which I laughed at a bit of stabby humor um, much more than I remember the plot points. And maybe that's okay. I think the characters work really well when they are in silos. Uh, I don't think they work well in the context of Nevermore or the mystery or the story that's going on in, in this town, this small town called Jericho, um, because I think the world building is janky. Uh, I think the mythology building is janky. I think the the character backstories are janky. Um, and the show is not exactly sure what the Adams are supposed to be. Like, do we know what the Adams are supposed to be? Like, are they okay with murder or are they not okay with, with murder? Because they are, they are super dark and there is a, a crime at the center of this uh, this season um, and at times you think like okay they would be like are they against this sort of thing or are they with this sort of thing are they for this this sort of thing so I think um, worth saying right because in the series and in the movies the story was always that the Adams stood alone and they lived mm. in a world of normies and then they can just torture themselves themselves and, uh, yeah. you, they don't they don't necessarily harm people no they it's, harm themselves yes whereas in this show now you've got a bunch of other people who are sort of also living in this odd world like the mm. Adams. And that's where it becomes complicated because really then what are they now? So my thing about world building is interesting because I really like the world. I like spending time in Nevermore. Um, I like being in Jericho and feeling creeped out by the weirdly perfect town that clearly isn't perfect at all. I really like being in the world of the series. As for the mythology building and the ancestry and the Book of Shadows, like at one point someone brings up a book and I'm like, oh, was that a plot point? Is, it's back. I don't know why it's back. And and I was watching it fairly closely. So yeah, I agree that if if you think about traditional world building, that it's it's kind of janky. If you think about um, maybe the correct term to use is mood setting, then I think the show does a good job in terms of setting the mood of the place that you're in. I think that actually for me, this is much more a mood piece. And so the world building or... Not so much the mythology building. I'm not sure I super care that there's a cohesive mythology behind all of this, but the feel of the world. There are these couple of shots of Wednesday and her roommate Enid in her in their shared bedroom um, with a huge stained glass window in the background. There have been posters made of it. There have been fan art made of it. 
shots like that make a whole episode for me sometimes. Like I get so much joy out of just seeing um, the way this world looks, the um, the weird things that the Adams do to each the Adamses do to each other, um, and and I think that that vibe actually carried me quite a lot even through the plot. And the plot isn't terrible; it's just kind of meh. Yeah, and I mean the production design is like some of the best coming together of of amazing components that for some reason have never worked together on an Adams Family movie when they should have like decades ago. So you get like your Tim Burton's are in it, uh, Danny Elfman is in it, and then you have the usual Adams Family, Adams Family Nasla. Um, so just thinking about that, right on a behind the scenes basis, it's a it's such a perfect project for these people like it's such a perfect use of of whatever they bring to the table like in terms of their talent and and they have so much history in Hollywood itself so that was nice that was nice seeing and Christina Ricci is is in the show like she shows up in the show right um so it's just uh, like like such a nice coming together of all your favorite pieces in a project that that they should have been on for a very, very long time. But for some reason, they they didn't. So I think the show is delightful if you don't give it too much thought. Because a lot of what mm. you're talking about is sheer delight. When Christina Ricci showed up on screen, sheer delight. Uh, the, the few moments that they do the... Sheer delight. Not like enough, but yeah, yes. Not enough, but it's there <laughs> and it makes me so happy. Um, and I think, I don't know, I wonder whether uh, some of it depends on your attachment to the Adams Family because I grew up watching the Adams Family. Um, I grew up loving Wednesday and I, I think many other antisocial girls of a certain age will have, you know, <laughs> been utterly in love and enamoured by Wednesday. And seeing her on screen as a teenage person, as a teenage girl doing teenage things, but behaving in the same antisocial people hating, I'm coming off really well, um, antisocial people hating <laughs> way that she always operated just made me so happy. Um, the fact that people didn't question why she was so thoroughly herself. They only pointed out the ways in which it might hurt others. But you know what? It's still a point of admiration that she's thoroughly just who she is. I enjoyed that. There, there were things about it that I thought... I kind of wish that I had watched this Wednesday when I was 16 or when I was, you know, 15, because I would have just loved it so much. I love it now, but I can't tell how much of it is my current age versus my 16 year old self going, oh, I love this. Oh, there's a dance scene, a dance, which is just one of the best high school dance scenes on screen. Listen, even if people haven't seen the show yet, they've seen the dance. The dance is everywhere. And apparently Jenna Ortega came up with that herself. So apparently um, the initial scripted scene was quite different and she said, no, this is how Wednesday would do it. And so that was her little bit of addition. And, and apparently there were numerous scenes where she sort of gave input into how she thought the character would behave or, or look like in this, in this scenario. Um, but I wanted to also touch on what you said, Lynn, about being a huge Adams Family fan. And I think we can all agree that all three of us were and are, um, which is what made me so surprised when Wednesday did so well on Netflix, because um, I didn't think that there were enough Adams Family fans. Because Adams Family is so freaking old. It's old mm-hmm. and it's also kind of niche, right? Um, I didn't think that that was enough to push the show to the top. I'm still not sure whether that's what's happening or whether a whole new generation of people are vibing with the odd 16-year-oldness of Wednesday, which is also kind of cool in its own way. 
I mean, at the same time, um, it's a very different version of the Adams family. So even if they were tapping into the the fan base, that the pre-existing fan base, right? This is a different version of Wednesday, which was a which was a bold move on their part, lah. Because it's not the same one that we see in the other live-action movies. It's not Christina Ricci's uh, Wednesday. It's a very different take, um, and it's a take that works. It works so well. So we're talking today about Wednesday on Netflix, starring Jenna Ortega as the child of woe, um, and with Catherine Zeta-Jones, Louise Guzman, Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Fred Armisen. We haven't spoken enough about them. Um, and it was created by Alfred Goff or Gauff or Go. I'm so sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that surname. And Miles Miller. And the reason why I wanted to mention them is because they were in charge of Smallville. And I think the YA-ness of it is something that we have to come back and discuss. Uh, let us know, have you seen Wednesday? Did you like it? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are reviewing Wednesday, uh, which was which is a new show on Netflix focused specifically on Wednesday Adams and her adventures. You just heard there a bit of the score. Um, Arvin, you mentioned earlier that Danny Elfman is back alongside a frequent collaborator, who Tim Burton, who is the executive producer and directed four episodes of the series. So um, earlier we spoke about the the story and the the way in which the... So the YA-ness bugs me. I'm just going to come out and say it. I didn't think it did at the start. I was all right with it. Um, you've got a love triangle. You've got a new school. You've got a roomie. You know, you have all these hallmarks of a, a YA thing. And it was doing fine. Um, I think it was only when that suddenly became the main story. And I didn't get to watch like Wednesday with a scalpel. <laughs> just like, you know, going to town on a squirrel or something. That, that I, I suddenly realized, oh, you know, um, the, the show has lost... A little bit of something. Um, and also because I think as it prioritizes the plot, it ends up deprioritizing Wednesday, Wednesday as a character. There is a bit in, I think, the last or the second last episode where I was like, oh my God, is she actually going to do that on screen? I kind um, of hope she had. Yeah. But I will say part of this has to do with the fact that the two, the two points in the love triangle for Wednesday are both such duds, right? Like the two boys. Oh, bless them. They, they're just, I don't know they what are they're trying. Doing. They're trying with the YA, like, you know, the two types that a girl is supposed to fall for. But they're such duds. I don't know whether it's an age thing. I know I'm not that age. Um, but that partly has to do with why that didn't work for me. Um, I agree also that as the show went on, the, the YA high school aspect of it kind of overtook the Wednesday and the Adams aspect of it. I kept wishing there was more of Festa or more of the parents um, and definitely more of Wednesday. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's not overwhelming. It's not terrible. It's also the second half of the show where the VO kicks in. 
when yes. she starts narrating. Oh, which, yes. which, which I noticed and I wondered why they were doing that because the first part, we were getting along perfectly fine without a voiceover. <laughs> so it started, the show started, I think, needing to head somewhere and to tie things up. And and in a way, actually, the season is quite self-contained also because I guess they didn't know whether there's going to be a season two. So for all of those reasons, there's a sense of rushing towards something which I didn't really enjoy. I mean, in terms of just tying things up, I think they did a really bad job. Um, I, I, I don't think I don't think the show, like the finale, the the, the last episode of the season, episode eight, is not a good episode, uh, in my opinion. It, it I really don't think things. it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the weakest of the bunch, um, and it does a bad job of of tying all the the mysteries and the stuff that pops up throughout the season. Um, I thought it was rushed, bad writing, and and just weird editing and acting all over the place. Like it, it you can see the small villainess is what I'm saying, the CWness <laughs> of the of the show. Um, I could stand the YA stuff for about four episodes. Um, and then after that, I thought it became it became overwhelming for me. Like it, like it, it derailed uh, what was actually going on or the things that I was interested in. Um, one of the guys, Xavier Thorn or Thorpe or whatever his name is, is is so <laughs> or annoying. Or Xavier, Xavier. Xavier, yeah, is just such an annoying stereotype of every bad teenage heartthrob that you see in like books and movies. It's just like, uh, I was like, can, can just like, you know, can this guy just get off the screen? If we're talking about male characters, there's somebody named Eugene, who is wonderful, and then <laughs> who disappears Eugene. for like five yes. episodes, uh-huh. while Xavier and Tyler get to just do Xavier Tyler YA things, and and that's exactly what I mean. I, maybe look, we are not experts of the Netflix algorithm. For all we know, everybody is really engaging with the love triangle and loves the YA-ness of it all. Um, we have clearly established we are not anymore in that age we bracket. We are the hate triangle. <laughs> We're the hate triangle who love Eugene, though. <laughs> you know, I, I just think, I think Wednesday would appreciate this. Yeah, Eugene's great. So I think the focus on the, the more... On the, because if we're talking about YA, this um, sort of slightly outcast best friend, the the roommate who's your complete opposite, these are also YA tropes, but they were enjoyable because they were done well. Uh, Musa Mustafa as Eugene was really, really wonderful. Uh, Emma Myers as Enid did so much. And together, the chemistry with Jenna Ortega worked um, in the same way that her chemistry with Gwendolyn Christie worked, uh, in the same way that... Okay, in the same way that her chemistry with her parents worked, I don't know that Louise Guzman and Catherine Zeta-Jones necessarily gave me sparks. So I will say Catherine Zeta-Jones is amazing as is Morticia. It's a dream Morticia. Like, I wanted so much more of her. Um, Louise Guzman, bless him, has been already getting so much hate for being cast in the role that I don't want to criticize him even more. And it's not because he's bad. I just don't think he suits the character. Tonally. Yeah, there's just something that does, doesn't quite fit. Maybe because Gomez Adams, whether in the animated version or in the movie version, in himself is not supposed to be funny. He's funny because he's kind of odd. I don't know if Luis Guzman can play suave. You know, so he can play offbeat. Um, mm. he, he can get that part of what Gomez is supposed to be. I don't know if the the suave yeah. um, kind of... you the know, Caramina part. Yeah, yeah. The, the Latino Errol Flynn, yeah. <laughs> you know, with, a, with weird fetishes. Like, I don't know if he gets that bit. 
So I, I'm going to admit, right, that when they they announced that Luis Guzman was going to be Gomez, I thought that was perfect casting um, because he looks the part. Like he looks like the. I, I don't think it's fair when people compare him to the live action version because the live action movies were not uh, faithful to the source material. Like this is what you know Gomez looks like in the cartoons and all. Um, so I felt like aesthetically, visually, he fits the role. He was just being Luis Guzman, though. <laughs> yes, yeah, right? exactly. He was just doing like He's Luis, Luis Guzman, Guzman things. with a center part, <laughs> <laughs> with a center part, and just like speaking in the same way, same dialogue, same acting as when you see him in like a Seth Rogen movie or something. Um, and that's the thing I didn't like. I was willing to give him benefit of the doubt, but I was like, no, this something about this performance isn't working. When uh, on the on the opposite end of the spectrum, like Catherine Zeta Jones is amazing as Morticia Adams. I thought that she was bringing like. Her, her A plus game to it. I'm so glad that they got because Angelica Houston, right, is such an icon mm. in the role. You, Ooh, when you yeah. think about Morticia Adams, um, really, it is it is Angelica Houston, I think, who supersedes almost every other visual representation of, of her, including the source material. Um, and so it's it's big shoes to fill. It's a it's a very curvy dress to fit into, and <laughs> and Catherine Zeta Jones was just amazing um the way that she captured morticia's is she smart is she not smart is how dark is she what what level to your point arvin i thought that line of whether the adams family are cool with murder or not cool with murder are best embodied in morticia and the way (laughs) she talks about dark things in that signature light way and in that Catherine Zeta Jones voice, it was just all great. She was great. I didn't know that um, Fred Armisen was going to be Uncle Fester. <laughs> so when Uncle Fester finally showed up, again, not enough. Um, and I heard the voice. I heard the voice and I'm like, is that, is that Fred Armisen? He's having so much oh, fun. He's so good. Um, I have to also give props to the actor well, I can't say actor, to Thing, whom I only later realized was played by a live-action actor. Um, he's a Romanian magician called Victor Dorabantu. And basically, they CGI'd the rest of his body. And his hand is a real person's hand. I love Thing so, so much in this film. He's amazing. He's such a good character, even though he doesn't. <laughs> like, he doesn't, he doesn't speak. Like, it's so, it's, it's, he's like a Wilson in Castaway. Um, yes. He's that level of likable, right? Um, do we want to see... Uh, a spin-off of this spin-off that goes back to the original that's just the Adams family. Like, do we want an Adams family show? Because I, I would watch that, even with Luis Guzman. I would watch Maybe a holiday uh, a special. Show. Like Ooh. one episode. Yeah. Oh, that would be really cute. Um, I, I have to say that I'm so in love with Wednesday that I almost don't even want her diluted with her family, despite loving the family so much. Um, I think Jenna Ortega's version of Wednesday is so pitch perfect um, and she's going to age out and so I just want to see more of her doing this and because of that much as I love uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones's Morticia, Fred Armisen's Uncle Fester, Victor Dorobantu's thing who's just going to be there anyway um, I, I kind of want more Wednesday but I want more Wednesday with less plot I agree. Um, I don't think we need a whole show um, with this family cast. As I said, I'd be happy with the one-off episode. Um, I'd be happy with more of Wednesday Adams with this exact same weird vibe. Um, I think they need to work out whether they this is the kind of story they want to tell. Mm. But that being said, I'm going to watch season two. Like whenever 100%. that comes oh, yeah. out. 
like a hundred percent season two, season three, they can go on with this and you know, they're going to go on with this. And I'm going to, I think I'll keep watching for Wednesday alone. I would keep watching four or five seasons. Doesn't matter. Same. As long as it's 80% Wednesday. And only 20% yeah. other YA things. Um, I, I'm all there for it. Uh, we've been talking today about Wednesday, which just dropped fairly recently on Netflix and has become kind of a surprise hit um, late in the game at the end of the year. Let us know, have you watched it yet? Do you plan to? Uh, did you like it? If you have, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio and of course, write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.